0: Welcome to the South Metro Ministries podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Alan Matura Stay stay standing, take your Bibles and go to Genesis chapter number 39 And and while you stand, speaking of water baptism Our church will conduct water baptism On the 30th of this month, on a Wednesday evening At 7 o'clock In the former sanctuary Where our baptismal pool is located we will have church in there, but hear me when you, while you find Genesis 39, if you've not been baptized in water since you've been saved, you are missing out on one of the greatest blessings and testimonies you can receive and give for the Lord. If you've gone into sin after you were baptized and you've returned back to God, Scripture encourages us to do our first works over so you should be rebaptized. And, and, and let me say this to you. There's a place to sign up as you uh, come and go at the Welcome Center. And we want your name and phone number so we can tell you how to come, how to prepare yourself. I'll have a 30-minute or so pre-service class at 6.30 for all the candidates of baptism. We don't do it but once every three or four months. So I'd like to do... This is the final one for this year. I'd like to include you so you can get a better covering and a blessing. I'd also like to tell you that that this wonderful festival, next Sunday from 3:30 to 7:30, as I see here, is sponsored by you. It's free to everybody, and it's free to the community. And I'm not going to take a special offering now or next Sunday. Because you tithe and give, we can minister to thousands of people free. It'll cost the church about eight to 10,000 dollars. If you want to give to it, you can. But what I'm saying is I preached about three weeks ago on tithing and giving. And I just want to thank you for doing it because it's God's will for your life. I just want to thank you for paying for the chairs you sit in and for the power that's in the house and for this facility. Because the more you give, the more we do missions, the more we do ministry, the more we bless people in your name. I just want to thank you. But as Pastor Jeff says, that you, if you can help us, we want to serve the community. They may never come back on campus. But they'll know there's a church who cares more than just them showing up. And when they do need a church, they'll know where to go. Amen. This is, again, tomorrow night's the final night for women's Bible study, the Law of Love Bethmore series. Tomorrow night's the final Monday night for men Monday night, which is the teaching of the Ministry of Kingdom Men that is going to bless you by Dr. Tony Evans. But every Monday night, I've had the privilege recently, rejoin the men for men's prayer at 7 to 8.30. So, we are in Genesis 39 and this is lesson number 6 in a series of lessons entitled I have the keys. Today's lesson is the keys to resisting temptation. There are 23 verses that consist that comprise the 39th chapter. And while I prefer the reading be shorter for time's sake, I cannot delete any of the verse because it is what the word of God says about this business. Of resisting temptation. So, indulge me, Terry, following your word on the screen, Genesis 39, verse 1. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and part of an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was successful, a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord had made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. So it was... From the time that he made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Verse 7 And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife, that's Potiphar's wife, cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife." How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Verse 10, So it was that she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to even be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the other men was inside the house that she caught him by his garment saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was that when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside, that she called to the men of the house and spoke to them saying, See, he, meaning her husband, has brought into us a Hebrew, meaning Joseph, to mock us. He came into me to lie with me and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened that when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out, that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. That would be her husband, Potiphar. Then she spoke to him with words like these, her husband saying, the Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came into me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted up my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. Verse 20, Then Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. Verse 21, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all The prisoners who were in the prison, whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Please look at me before you pray for me. Four times in this chapter, verse 2, verse 3, verse 21, and verse 23. Four times the Bible said the Lord was with him. I'm telling you, I do not know what temptation you're facing. I do not know what dark valley you're in. I don't know what physically you're suffering. I don't know what your marriage is going through, your mind or your money. But I'm going to tell you, if you'll trust God and obey God and be a model of obedience like Joseph was, the Lord will be with you also. Stretch your hands this way. I only need 15 seconds of your prayer, and then we're going right into the Word. Come on, pray deliberately. Pray a little bit louder than uh, than, uh, you whispering. Come on. Father, I I preached this in the first service. That doesn't mean I'm good, and it doesn't mean I know it. And you may even change some things that I said in the first service because you want it said in this service. So God, I pray for inspiration, for impartation, for revelation and anointing. I am just flesh, I am just clay, I rebuke pride to rise up in me and make me think that I'm somebody. God, I am like everybody else, I am susceptible to temptation, but I pray the power of God will come on all of us and we will hear the word and obey the word and be changed by it in Jesus' name and everybody say amen. Amen Amen it is as you're seated. Oh, oh, one more thing, I, I just had so many things I wanted to share with you. Last Sunday, I introduced you to the book, A Better Way, written by John Barrow, the founder of A Better Way Men's Rehabs Program. It's a men rehab program for men who have been bound with substance abuse, etc. And uh, I told you that this is John's story, how he was delivered from drugs, alcohol, promiscuity, jail, armed robbery. And and he even lost his son at age 24 because his son got involved with the wrong crowd, the Russian mafia. And there's a thriving men's ministry now of which John writes his story about, and I read it cover to cover. It's $10 a copy. All of it goes to putting another book in the hand of a prisoner. It will not go to John, the money. It will not go to us. It will it'll go to putting one of these books in the hands of somebody who needs it. It's at the media center if you'd like a copy for a donation of $10. God is faithful. Can I get an amen? Amen. So here we are on lesson number six. The Keys to Resisting Temptation. One of my favorite writers is Dr. Charles Swindoll, who's also a minister of the gospel and just an avid student of the word. He wrote several books, one on Moses, one on Esther, and he wrote one on David and one on Joseph. And he introduces this chapter of his book with the following words. I like it so well, I can't improve on it. So I will give credit to Dr. Swindoll when he says there's not a person who has cast his shadow across this earth including Jesus Christ who has not faced temptation. He continues. And there's not a single person who has ever lived except Christ who has not yielded to it at one time or another and suffered the consequences. Can I get a witness? Temptation is an inevitable part of our fallen world. We cannot escape it. He continues that temptation wears many faces. He lists at least three that I'd like to show you. For example, there is the temptation of material possessions. Material temptation, which is a lust for things. It might be a big thing as big as a house or a small thing as small as a ring. There's temptation for it. It might be as bright, as dazzling, as a brand new Porsche or as dull and dusty as an antique roll-top desk. Yet who hasn't felt the burning passion for things? And who hasn't at times yielded to the lust for things unwisely? Which of us haven't seen a thing, a TV, or an appliance, or a car, or a boat, or something, a piece of jewelry, that we know we can't afford it right now? We know it's not for our budget, we know that it will strain us, but we go ahead and get that thing, thinking that thing will do something for us, but we find out all it did was increase our debt, and we shouldn't have done it. And what we go doing is spending the money for things and letting God's work go unblessed because we've taken what's God and spent it on things. There's a second kind of temptation that can be called personal temptation. It is a lust for fame authority or power or control over others. It might be as simple as a lust for a title like a CEO of a certain company or the president of a company, or or, or the name doctor uh, in front of your name, or professor, or maybe a military title as captain or admiral. Uh, 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 I'm talking about there's nothing wrong with those positions or those titles until lust comes in. And lust says you deserve that for what it means for your image or what it looks like for you. Then there's a third kind of temptation that is sensual in nature. Sensual temptation is the lust for another person, or in reality, the lust for the person's body. I'm referring here to our text and Potiphar's wife and her hedonistic desire to have and to enjoy someone which was not her own either legally or morally so looking at our text and keeping your Bible open to chapter 39 of Genesis Joseph engaged in battle with this third category sensual temptation so we, we will limit our thoughts to this chapter and this particular kind of temptation though it overflows in every other area Here's something I want you to write down and remember because it's the foundation for which this message will be built, on which this message will be built. Remember this, when tempted, Satan does not fill us with hatred of God, but with forgetfulness of God. Did you receive that when I said it? All who are tempted do not go out and Obey their flesh because they hate God and God's failed them. But many who are tempted, and we Christians in particular, what the devil does when he makes the temptation for possession or for power or for lust and its satisfaction, he magnifies that desire and minimizes what God is in our life and what it will do with our relationship with God write this down and remember it when we are tempted the powers of clear discrimination and of decision are taken from us when we are so overwhelmed by a temptation by a habit that is wrong by friends and associates who pull us into the wrong things and atmosphere when we are so tempted by a a particular desire of our flesh Satan will do his best to fog up our discriminating of what is right and wrong and blur our decision to make the right choice. Can I get an amen? Therefore, I want now to point out five keys to resisting temptation drawn from the life of Joseph. Key number one. Temptation often comes when you least expect it. Say amen by faith. Now here's what's going on in verses 6 and 7, part B of chapter 39. Look at part B of verse 6. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph and she said, lie with me. I pulled out my new living translation of scripture which I thoroughly enjoy reading and recommend to you to read if you would like a more contemporary understanding doesn't change the value of the word or harm it but in the New Living Translation verse 7 reads like this Potiphar's wife began to desire him meaning Joseph and invited him to sleep with her and I'm back to this major thought temptation often comes when you least expect it Joseph you remember at age 17, was sold into slavery by his 11 other brothers who were jealous of him. He was an interpreter of dreams and visions and they were jealous of him. They were so jealous of him that they wanted to kill him. But one of the wisdom of the older brothers, Judah I believe it is, talked him out of killing him when they threw him into a pit and was going to kill him. And they said, don't, he said, don't kill him hoping to delay them from even harming him at all to come later on and rescue him from the pit. But by the time Judah went to finish his errand to come rescue his youngest brother Joseph, the other brothers sold him to a traveling caravan of Ishmaelites who bought him as a slave and took him miles and miles and miles and days and days away from his father, his mother, his home, his God and took him to a foreign land called Egypt and there he was sold as a slave to a high-ranking military general in the army of Pharaoh by the name of Potiphar. He became a slave. But even though he was in a strange land, didn't know the language, didn't know the culture, didn't know anybody, he continued to serve God faithfully. Can I get another amen? I mean, he could have he could have rebelled against God. Look what you've done to me! I'll never see my mother. I'll never see my father. I don't know this language. I don't know these people. And God, he said, "I'm, I'm gonna serve you anyhow." I'm going to trust you anyhow. I'm telling you, I care about what value you have. I care about what you're suffering. I care about your marriage. I care about your children, but you may be going through a storm. I care about your health, but your body may not be well. I care about your finances, but you may be having a hard time i'm here to tell you if you'll do what joseph did even though you're going through a storm if you will read the bible if you will pray if you will tithe if you will forgive god will be with you over and over again give me just a little more monitor steve right up here brother thank you and what i want you to see is that joseph having suffered all that he did was now on top of the world He had worked hard and it had paid off. His master Potiphar saw he could be trusted. Saw he was a religious guy. Saw that that he could put everything in his house under his control. And when Joseph was at the, the top of his world, that's when temptation came to him. Write this down, remember it. Beware of temptation when you have experienced a victory or you think you have arrived. Temptation came to King David when he was in his fifties, when he had unified his kingdom. Temptation came to King David when he had widened his borders of the geography of the kingdom he ruled. He was at the height, he had servants, he had an army, he was militarily strong, he had palaces and horses and chariots. It's then that he was tempted with another man's wife Bathsheba and he committed adultery and it led to murder and he lied and thought he could get away with it. It was Samson who was at the height of the anointing of God in his life. He is the one who slayed a lion with his bare hands. He is the one who slayed a Uh, uh, other animals uh, uh, a particular potential danger with his bare hand he's the one who killed a thousand of the enemies of the people of God the Philistine with the jawbone of a donkey and yet at the height of his power he saw Delilah a Philistine woman not even a Jew a pagan woman with which he committed adultery and sinned against God and it eventually cost his life Don't you ever think I've arrived now. I've prayed enough now. I've read my Bible through five times I give my tithes and offerings and I serve in ministry. Therefore. I'm I'm not vulnerable Be always careful that when you think you've arrived you might fall. That's good preaching You know that the Old Testament is written in Hebrew in the original language. Is that your dad with you, Susan? Is that brother B.L. Kelly? Stand up, Brother B.L. Kelly. Would, Would you stand up, sir? Would you clap your hands and bless this man for me? He is a retired minister. I didn't know that was you, but you know, it's the distance and all. He is a preacher of the gospel. He is a, he should be preaching instead of me. Thank you for being here, Brother Kelly. Now I'm scared because you're here. The Hebrew is the original language of the Old Testament. It has a wonderful way of telling what Potiphar's wife did. It literally says in her seduction of Joseph that she lifted up her eyes at him. The Living Bible says she made eyes at him. Now, don't sit there like you, kind of of a knot on a log. You know what I'm about, making eyes. (laughs) But if Joseph didn't pick up on what she wanted, she made it perfectly clear come lie with me, come sleep with me. Let's have sex. Now, Joseph could have just given in and slept with this woman, could he not? He was in a strange land. Nobody knew him. Nobody knew his God. Nobody would be witness. And he and she was alone. And he could have said for all the forgive, the, forgive the figure of speech, I don't mean to be vulgar, but he could have said for all the quote unquote hell I've been through since age 17 and now he's probably about age 24 or so, I deserve some kind of pleasure and if she'll keep it quiet, I'll keep it quiet and it'll be okay. But that's not the way he chose to go about it, can I get an amen? Somebody you see, it, 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 it does didn't, it didn't matter whether Potiphar's wife was lonely because Potiphar was away on a trip, it didn't matter whether she was an attractive woman or not, or she was an available woman, or anything else. Write this down wrong is always wrong, no matter what. I thought I'd get a better amen than that. If this word says it is wrong. I don't care who you're with. I don't care if the White House says it's right. I don't care if the Dog House it right. I don't care if the Church of God says it's right. I don't care if your mama, or your daddy, or your boyfriend or your girlfriend said it's right. Wrong is always wrong. Yeah. Even if it's convenient. Now, here's something else I want you to, to pause for a moment and get. I want to establish this point. It is not a sin to be tempted. Say amen. Many Christians have felt needless guilt in their life because they've been tempted and they've equaled the fact that they've been tempted with sin. Well, I guess I already thought about having sex with him or her, so I might as well do it. I guess I already thought about stealing that, so I might as well do it. I've already sinned. No, no, no. You can't help the temptation from coming, but you can say no. Well, let me make it simpler. Just like you can't keep the birds from flying over your head. But you can't stop them from making a nest in your hair, if you have hair. Even the Lord himself, you know this, you read the scripture, while he was 40 days in the wilderness fasting and praying after being baptized in water to get ministry, to get ready for ministry and power three different times the Lord was tempted by the devil himself and three different times the Lord said to the devil it is written it is written it is written you need to start quoting the word of God every time the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life comes up use the weapon of the word give the Lord another hand clap somebody and praise him Write this down. It is not the temptation that matters. It's how we respond to it. Key number two. Key number two of overcoming temptation. How to resist it. Temptation always tries to make sin look acceptable. Listen to me. We need to make up in our minds in advance what we are going to do with the temptation to sin before it even comes. Did you, anybody hear me? We need to have the reasons in our minds that right now I may not, you see, because you may be tempted with something different than I'm tempted with, but you are going to be tempted. Okay, For somebody it may be sensual, for somebody it may be material, for somebody it may be gambling or cheating or lying or stealing. For somebody it, it, it may be it may be fornication or adultery, for somebody else it may be a fit of anger and outbursts or dominating other people. Uh, you, you're going to be tempted and if you're born again and you're going to res- need to resist it, you need to make up in your mind I'm drawing a line in the sand and I am not crossing that. Can I get another amen from the church? You need to make up your mind that I'm not going to break the heart of God and ruin my relationship and ruin my family. I, I don't care if it costs me my job. I don't care if it costs me a reduction in pay. Can I get a witness, somebody? I don't care if i have to carpool with somebody else i don't care if i don't get on the cheerleading squad or the football team i don't care if i don't get placed in certain rank i am not going to be seduced to compromise in the name of god i'm first a child of god if you wait until you attempted to make up your mind of what you're going to do it's going to be too late joseph had settled in his mind No matter what came that I was going to serve God whether I was in a pit or a prison or a palace oh that's good preaching little Indian thank you I'm encouraged to continue the first thing he does he didn't really have to but verses 8 and 9 please Genesis 39 the first thing he does is try to reason with this woman how many know you can't reason with sin But it's worth letting the person who is inviting you into sin know where you stand. So try to reason. Let him know. Look look at what he says in verse 8. The Bible says he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. Look at verse 9. There is no one in this house than I, greater than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife, for goodness sake. The last phrase of that verse 9 says or sentence how then can i do this great wickedness and sin against god the new living translation says of the last few words it would be a great sin against god temptation always tries to make sin look acceptable you know what joseph simply did he refused he refused on two grounds number one the sacredness of marriage You are another man's wife and therefore you are off-limits. You are off-limits to me because I'm single and even if you weren't married, you are off-limits to me because if you have sex with a married person, you commit adultery. If you have sex with an unmarried person outside of marriage, you are committing fornication, both of which are sins. Now, now, see, I don't want to be mean or ugly. But I'm preaching just like I did in the smaller building, okay? I didn't get a bigger building to tone it down. And I'm not trying to be cocky or arrogant. When I got sick, the Lord said, exercise more grace and less legalism, but don't compromise the truth, okay? I'm not trying to build this church to get your money I'm not trying to build this church to get your favor I'm not running for president dog catcher or mayor of anything I'm just running to be the husband of Valerie Matura and I've been running for 35 years and I'm glad she caught me well I caught her okay I'm not mad at anybody and and you showed up on a Sunday when God gave me this topic okay so I'm here to tell you I'm just here to tell you that the devil does his best to try to make sin look enticing, and 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 Joseph, the Bible said, refused on the ground. Let me tell you this: If you are of the opinion that running out on your marriage is a light thing and will solve your problems, please think hard and long about what God has said about this matter. You listen to me. There's some things I've practiced over the years that I've learned to practice. My mother, who had went went to be with the Lord in 1999 at age 63, always said, "Alan." as a minister never be alone with another woman except your wife okay so if another woman comes to counsel with me the, my door is going to be open and adjacent to my door in the next office is my executive assistant who is ann jackson okay i'm not saying i'm little lord fontleroy look at me some some of you probably laughing thinking Somebody got to be blind to, to make a move on you. And you're probably right. Thank You know, I, I was not like Joseph, well-built and comely in appearance. I had my days. That's when Valerie caught me ever since I've been going downhill. <laughs> and she's been improving. Okay? I don't go to lunch with women by myself. Other under Valerie or uh, my daughters or, uh, you, you understand, I, I don't, I don't need the temptation. i don't i don't have movies coming in my house from hbo or cinemax i got cable but i don't need any allurement to look at some it may be a good movie and then there's a little sex in there and i get used to that a little cussing in there and i get used to that when i go to the hotel spend the night in different places where i go to preach or when i'm going to a conference or a a board meeting of some kind i don't want to see any kind of free movie channel I know my weakness. Can I get a witness somebody? Okay? My computer screen in the office faces the office door. My computer screen at the house faces the the the, the 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 door when my wife comes in, okay? I don't need the temptation. You understand? And you are not so strong and mighty. It may not be sexual, but you are not so strong and mighty that that when the devil packages sin and makes it look nice, that you can resist it without the power of God. Listen to me, Joseph knew that if he sinned with this woman, his character, his reputation and all the trust that he had built up, his master had trusted in him, was going to go down the drain if he did this. And then there's a second reason why Joseph made the choice, which is the primary reason why he said, I'm not going to sleep with you, I refuse to even be near you. It's because how can I do this wickedness and sin against God? Did anybody hear me? Oh, but we are alone. (laughs) I'm going to move right on over here. Because the devil has ways of magnifying and justifying sin and its allurement. Did anybody hear me? The devil has ways of, 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 of making it look, he calls it an alternative lifestyle. God calls it sin. He calls it innocent experimentation it's not innocent and it's not experiment you've been thinking about it and planning it for a while now you have a chance and if you do it it's sin it's wickedness it, regardless of what you rename it you know we live in a culture today where we we always find some way to rationalize and make excuses while we yield to temptation and we, we make this this kind of thought it won't hurt anybody else But it does. You take that extra drink and you get drunk and you get a DUI or you go hit hit somebody and kill them. Or you just, you just, you lose your job. It hurts somebody else. There are people counting on you, sir or ma'am, that you don't go into temptation. Your children are counting on it. Your marriage is counting on it sir oh man can, can somebody hear me it affects when you shoot it up in your vein or snort it up your nose you are not the only one that is being affected by yielding to temptation you cost your family you cost your marriage you cost the government you cost your friends don't come here telling me that it doesn't cost anybody else i'm 56 years old and i was born at night they told me but i wasn't born last night i have heard every reason why they went ahead and did it. I've had people sit across the desk from me and lie to me when I asked them, do you, is there another woman in your life? Is there another man? Lied to me. Not that I'm God, but let me tell you something, friends. You can hide it from your mama, your daddy, your wife, or your husband, but the Bible says be sure your sins will find you out. It may not find you out right now, but it will come back as sure as you do it. But be sure your obedience to God will also bless you. You may, not, you may not get the blessing right now for refusing to have that extramarital affair or refusing to lie or cheat. You may not get blessed for it. The devil will say, look there, you see what you missed? But the blessing is going to come because when you read the end of the story of Joseph, you'll find out he got to be the prime minister of Egypt and a man of God who saved thousands. Go ahead. Go ahead and praise the Lord. Oh, but, but this is what the devil will tell you. Reasons and excuses, this is what the devil will tell you. He'll tell you, my husband doesn't meet my needs like, like you do. Uh, he, he'll say this to, to those who are tempted in this sexual arena or otherwise. By doing this, you really prove you care for me. Do you know the one-liners? No, you don't? I'll help you. Who will ever find out? We're completely alone, absolutely safe. Here's the reasoning of the devil when temptation comes. Look, we're going to get married soon anyway. Why wait? What does it matter? You'd be amazed how the passion that drove you and you thought it was love when you commit the sin turns into hate. You'd be amazed of the thing you thought would really satisfy you. You've come to hate because you did it the wrong way. here's something else i'm so terribly lonely god understand that's why he brought you into my life a lie here's another reasoning of the devil just this once never 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 again there is an insatiable appetite in us even after we're saved that wants to be fed that you either feed it with the power of god and the word of god and prayer and get filled with the spirit so you suppress that appetite or you let it alone and and one ounce is not enough you got to have two I, i'm listen to me one look is not enough you got to look again did anybody hear me we'll never 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 do it again and one time was not enough and you you got to do it and then somebody says what what's, what's grace all about anyhow if it won't cover something as natural as this. You'd be amazed how people would take this scripture and turn it into heresy when they want to sin. I wish somebody would say amen. Amen. There are all kinds of baits out there to catch you into sin. Cable television, the internet, magazines. Please hear me. On your cell phone, on your iPhone, all kinds of opportunities to sin. It's, It's all around us. And and the point I'm trying to make to you is, Mrs. Potiphar didn't just make one invitation to Joseph, and I am hurrying. Mrs. Potiphar, she said, look, look at chapter 39, verse number, I'm in Exodus, what am I doing there? 10, verse number 10, Genesis 39. So it was she spoke to Joseph day by day. Everybody say day by day. day the problem with, with the strength of temptation, it just only come, doesn't only come one time, it comes back and back and back. Oh, somebody help me preach here. You know, you know what I found out? Guys, I don't know where we are in my notes. I'm, I'm kind of all bumfuzzled right now. Uh, take, me to the, take, take me to the next point. The next point being victorious over temptation we will have to avoid known areas of temptation can I get an amen somebody I'm telling you right now if certain people you hang around with causes you to sin every time quit hanging around them if certain places you drive by causes you to break the rules don't drive by on the lighter side the the man on the diet love donuts and every morning on the way to work he'd buy a box of donuts take it to work but he really meant it for himself and so he started this diet started praying oh god i got to give up donuts i got to give up donuts i got to give up donuts please help me i got to drive by the donut shop on my way to work every day help me help me help me so he made a deal with god he said i will not stop unless there is a parking place directly in front of the door and if there's a parking place directly in front of it, the then i know it's your will for me to have that donut. And he said, you know what? There was a parking place right in front of the door after 13 times of me going around the block. <laughs> How many knew you have a part in resisting temptation? Say good amen. Yeah, you, you have to avoid people, places, and things that cause you to sin. Temptation is kind of like a telemarketer. What do you mean? Show them. Temptation is like a telemarketer because it comes to us when it's least convenient. You sit down to have dinner and here comes 1-800-HELP-ME-SOMEBODY. It's never convenient when temptation comes. Number two, it's like a telemarketer because it comes back and back again just like Potiphar's wife came to Joseph repeatedly day after day. Uh, Come on, it's not going to hurt Temptation is like a telemarketer because it it keeps pushing even after you say no. Sometimes you've got to talk to yourself and say no. And you need to tell the people who are pulling you into sin which part of the no you don't understand, the N or the O. (laughs) It's like a telemarketer. Temptation is because it... It makes what it's selling sound good, but there's always a catch. Did you hear me? Oh, God, help me. I'm tempted right now. I'm tempted. Okay, I'm going to yield to the temptation. My wife loves shoes. Can I hear any woman else in this house who have the gift, they think, of shoes? My wife has passed her anointing of love for shoes on to both of our daughters. We have a grand baby girl coming next month on the 19th. Her name will be Fallon. She will be born to our eldest daughter. And we were in Belk's yesterday together. And guess where she went to the baby newborn department looking at little tiny shoes that wouldn't fit on. Oh, how. Darling, I'm thinking our granddaughter is going to be struck with this generational gift or curse. Depends on your angle. Always makes what's selling sound great. She got on the website. A website. My wife found a website this week that talked about you could buy shoes for $39 a pair. No higher. As many as you want each month. And it says, it says, we will, you tell us the kind of shoes you like, and we will send you in the email pictures and all that stuff, and some of you are nodding your head because you've been tempted too, you did that. So she, she started putting one or two things in the, in the shopping cart online. <laughs> uh, and, and, and this is what she told me, okay? She didn't tell me to tell you though, but uh, she She said when she got down to the fine print, which is, that's where the devil's in. The devil's in the details. My wife, here's the beauty about my wife though. She does read the fine prints. It said on there, we'll sell you as many shoes as you want to for $39 a pair every time you buy it. But if a month goes by and you don't buy it, we're going to take $39 out of your checking account if you don't buy anything that month or any month. And she kindly unloaded her shopping cart. And I felt a whoop glory right Number four, key number four, to be victorious over temptation, you you may have to literally, literally remove yourself. Did Did anybody hear me? Verses 11 and 12 says, and especially verse number 12, the last part, when Joseph was invited to have sex with his master's wife and she was available and attractive and lonely, he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. Listen to me, look at me everybody. Run like crazy from any kind of temptation. I'm telling you, run like the devil from the devil. I thought somebody'd say amen. I mean, this woman says, in case you're hard of hearing, in case you, she grabbed him by, she grabbed him by the coat. And he says, I'm running, he took his coat off. He left his coat in her hands and fled from her you there's no when it comes to temptation you ain't got time to meditate about it you ain't got time to reason about it you ain't got time to negotiate with it run 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 somebody praise the lord he left his coat in his in in, in her hands give me the last key and this will be it and come to the music please being victorious over temptation will not necessarily make you popular She was a scorned woman. Who does that Hebrew slave think he is? I'm the master's wife. I am the head woman of this house. I am the first lady. I can have what I want. I'll just show him. So the garment was left in her hand. And when her husband came home, she said, that Hebrew you brought here and you trust your money and your livestock and, uh, and everything we have, our bank account and all our servants and that Hebrew, Joseph, he came to have sex with me. And when I cried out rape, he left his coat. I, I, I grabbed his coat and kept it because, and the Bible said, they threw him in jail. Potiphar threw, but you know what? Potiphar kind of had an idea. He could have killed him. He was captain of the guard. Go ahead and help me preach. He kind of had an idea that Mrs. Potiphar hadn't tried this before with somebody else. All right, I can be quiet and just mind my own business. And had she had sex with Joseph, it wouldn't have been her last. It probably wouldn't have been her first. Because that's what sin does. And I guess what I'm trying to say to you the longer you wait to say no to sin, the harder it is to resist it when it comes. The moment you allow the devil and thoughts of sin to come into your mind, you've given the devil a stronghold. Doing right will cost you many times. Can I get another amen? Look what you got for doing right. Look what you got for passing up that raise because your boss asked you to do so and so that was under the table. You didn't get nothing. Look what you get for serving God and going to church and reading your Bible. I'll tell you what you get. You'll get power and anointing and health and healing and joy pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Go ahead and praise the Lord. If you will wait, if you will wait, and you'll do what is right, God will not forget you. I'm closing with this illustration. The Eskimos has and still have a way of killing wolves out in the Arctic where they live, sub-Arctic. Wolves that threaten their lives and their livestock, their children. Ferocious wolves, wild, predatory, flesh-eating wolves. This is what they do to kill them or to get them. They'll take a long knife A knife with a long sharp blade, sharp on both sides, and a handle. And they'll bury the handle of the knife deep into the snow and cover it up on the ice. And they'll leave the blade exposed. And then the Eskimos will bring about two or three pounds of flesh from a fresh kill. And put it on the blade that's sticking out of the ground, the handles covered up. And leave it there. And it won't be long in the early evening hour or late into the night when the wolves are doing more of their searching for food, where their nostrils will so sensitive to, to get a whiff of fresh meat and blood and they'll come to this place and see it laying, lying on the snow, two or three pounds of flesh, red, bloody, and they'll start consuming it, it ravenously. Because wolves have an appetite for flesh and for blood. And they will be so vicious in eating the flesh, they will not realize. Pretend, if you will, the flesh is around. This is the knife and the blade. Okay, pretend with me. They will go after the meat until they'll get down to the blade and and still eat And their tongue will start, will cut, be cutting. And they'll taste their own blood and think they're tasting the blood of the flesh. And they'll keep cutting their tongue and thinking there's more because they're bleeding their mouth now. Now they're beginning beginning to to destroy their own cells without knowing it. They'll get so weak because they're going after the blade and thinking there's more in their blood, their own blood now they're they're, they're drinking. The, The Eskimos come out and kill them or they just die bleeding to death. That's what giving in to sin and temptation will do it first looks attractive it smells good and there is no danger but there's an insatiable thing about it that the next thing you know you've killed yourself and lost your joy not literally kill yourself i pray no one does that but you've killed your testimony and lost your joy don't let it happen by your heads pastor matura And I know I've preached a little longer than I really meant to, but I I I apologize, but I don't apologize for the content. Christians, I want you to pray. This is a moment of decision. I've prayed for this moment of decision repeatedly. I've fasted this week for right this moment. Pastor Matura, I've backslidden, I have sinned. I have been like the wolf. I have not only sinned, but I've done it deliberately. I have pre-planned it and thought I could get away with it. And I know that if I die today, having a disobeyed God, I would miss my eternal reward. And I know if I keep this up, something in me is going to die. God's going to reveal it publicly. Because he will not let sin go unpunished. He didn't cause his son to die in vain. Pastor Matura, I don't, I don't care whether you're a middle schooler, a child... Teenager, a college student, a single mom or dad, or a senior adult, or anybody in between—I am not saved. I need salvation. Nobody looking, everybody praying. Everybody whisper a prayer because they're, we're, we're talking about your prayers standing between the living and the dead. Pastor, I need to be saved. I'm not going to ask you to leave your seat. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not going to ask you come in front, shake my hand. I'm asking you to make a decision for the Lord right in your chair. I need salvation. I'll only make it one time, the invitation. Raise your hand if that's you. Raise your hand. Hold it up. Hold it up high. I want to count it. Nobody else looking. Hold it up. I'm giving you five more seconds. I'm not going to invite anyone else. It's now or it's over. Hold it up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Put them down. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor, I can do better. I can be a better example. I'm not living in sin, but I've let some of my boundaries slip. Pastor, I know better about some things, and I I, 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 I need to tighten up in this area of total obedience. I'm already saved. If that's you, raise your hands. Thank you. Put them down. Now, everybody repeat this prayer out loud after after me and then if your praise team is coming if they're here fine they can do so if not we'll proceed heads bowed and eyes closed heads bowed and eyes closed everybody say this pray out loud so that we don't single out those 18 or more who raise their hands matter of fact i'd like for you to tilt your head upward like you're looking at the ceiling open your eyes and look up to the clouds imaginary of course but i know that the light may blind you don't look into a light but look beyond the roof imaginary look into the blue sky and the white clouds look like you're talking to jesus the bible doesn't say you have to have your eyes closed every time you pray lift your hands everybody lift your hands look look, look. everybody repeat out loud after me whether you're saved or not repeat out loud Lord Jesus louder Lord Jesus Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner sinner. it's not something I have to think about I don't have to pray about it I know it and you know it but today I'm leaving it all behind today I confess that you are the Lord You are the Savior. You're the only begotten Son of God. I invite you into my life. Wash away all my sins. Come into my life. Make me a new creation. I want my body and my mind to be the dwelling place of Jesus. And today I'm serving you. Give me strength. Give me power to be a strong witness and to resist temptation. I declare you as my Lord from this day forward. Amen. Put your hands together and praise him. Come on, put your hands together. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Come on, everybody. I want you to lift your hands one more time and go ahead and sing what you sang for the closing a moment ago i want to let you go in just a minute but lift up your hands and say thank you jesus or praise the lord or hallelujah come on stretch up if you got to stretch because you've been sitting a long time stretch say god somebody got saved somebody's on their way to heaven somebody else oh god is not going to hell today oh god you are not playing games come on come on praise sing with me before you go oh let keep those hands lifted up thank you lord Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I praise you, Lord. You made sing, sing it. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.